My name is Ryan Bowersfield. I run a company called Wolf and Wood. We're the developer behind C Smash VRS. My name is Jörg Tittel, and I run a company called Rapid Eye Movers, and I'm director of C Smash VRS and publisher, I guess. And you're listening to the Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, where we celebrate our love for all things Sega, including the games, the music, and the community. I'm your host, KC. Join me as I talk to different guests and learn more about their projects and passion for Sega. Hello and welcome to the Sega Lounge. So glad you could join me for another episode. If, by any chance, you're new around here, hi! This podcast is all about Sega and about all of the Sega in this world. Not just the games, but the people in the community and their fantastic work, the music, the blue skies, and everything in the middle. And not just the most well-known games either. Sometimes we go deep, like really, really deep. Our huge catalog of interviews and special shows is available everywhere you get your podcasts from, but you can also find them categorized and sorted out neatly on our website, thesegalounge.com. Take a seat, have a drink, and I hope you enjoy your stay around the lounge. I think you will, considering what a treat I have for you this week. This week on the Sega Lounge, we're jumping into the world of virtual reality with Jorg Tittle and Ryan Bousfield, two of the people behind C-Smash VRS. If you're a hardcore Dreamcast fan, you might remember Cosmic Smash, an arcade and Dreamcast game released almost, almost exclusively in Japan in 2001. Think of it as futuristic squash. Well, Jorg, our returning guest, decided to bring it back in 2023 in VR, and he went to Ryan's talented team at Wolf & Wood to accomplish this. With Sega's blessing, the game is now out for PlayStation VR 2 to both the critics and gamers' joy alike. Listen on to hear more about the development process, what's still in store for C-Smash VRS, and what was probably the most intense Sega Lounge challenge ever. Hello, Jorg. Hello, Ryan. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. Really nice to, to have you on the show. Greetings. Yes. Greetings. Hey. Welcome back, Jorg, by the way. One of our most popular guests ever. Really? Very good. Yes, your, your episode is one of the most listened to episodes ever on the Sega Lounge. So why wear the t-shirts with my face on them and stuff? What's going on? I don't know. People do have them. I'm sure. <laughs> oh God! Uh, people have them, yes. <laughs> so welcome to to the Sega Lounge, guys. Um, and so I usually start with like a, a short introduction. I don't want to, to make you repeat yourself, York. So very briefly, and for people who want to be become more familiar with you, they can listen to the previous uh, episode you were on. But very briefly, what have you been up to? Well, this year has been a bit busy um, because 
Ryan and his team uh, at Wolf and Wood and I have uh, released two games in succession, which is uh, an act of madness. Uh, the first one is The Last Worker, which came out uh, at the end of March, um, the same week as the demo for C Smash VRS. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which we've just released uh, at the end of June on PlayStation VR 2. The Last Worker is a game for VR consoles and PC, a narrative first-person adventure, which we're very proud of. And it's a big, epic game, and buy it. Uh, it's for Switch as well, and and uh, and on and VR and PC and consoles. And um, C-Smash VRS, of course, is uh, based on Sega's gorgeous Dreamcast and arcade classic, Cosmic Smash, we have reimagined it for VR and versus online gameplay. And it's been out for about a week now. And people love it. And we love it very, very much. And there's lots coming to it. But we'll talk about all this during the show. So stop me. Yeah, yeah, yeah amazing. That That's great. And it's uh, nice that the last time you were here, uh, you we recorded the interview before you announced The Last Worker. It was like a teaser that we played on the show. There was like some tra time travel shenanigans involved. Um, and uh, so congratulations, first of all, both of you for uh, finally releasing The Last Worker and obviously see Smash VRS. Uh, Ryan, what about you? W would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself? So how did you... Well, let's go in a little bit more into the details of how you got into video games, for example, Ryan. How did you start... It yeah Maybe becoming a gamer or something um yeah yeah i did become a gamer at some point um like a long time ago so yeah uh been into games you know whole life um obviously started with the you know atari days and you know built up from there seeing the progression of everything and um as far as the career in video games it kind of started as a bit of a side project a bit of a thing i was interested in got hold of uh, the dk1 the kind of prototype oculus headset did a little prototype in that little idea that i wanted to do kind of five minute short uh, horror story um and yeah people enjoyed it seeing that online seeing people like really go and take to it i realized it was something that i could actually um you know, take it a little bit further. So I started Wolf and Woods, uh, dove feet first into making a full game as a solo developer initially. Yeah, launched yeah. the game on the HTC Vive back in like the essentially the first, you know, commercially available VR headset. Um, and then from there, yeah, we've made five titles, the team's grown. Um, We've got yeah some highly skilled, multi-talented people working at Wolf and Wood now. So you know I can't can't carry on the solo developer story anymore. You know it's uh, <laughs> it's down to a lot of uh, a lot of other people and a lot of uh, you know extraordinary work that they're doing. So yeah, I mean we're still a small team. We're still an independent team. Um, the seven of us full time at the moment. So you know it's hardly a, a huge studio, but you know we get a lot done um, within you know, the, the relative, you know, confines of, of, of what we are and what we have. 
Mm-hmm. Although that said, Ryan makes it sound like he's now the guy manning the Excel spreadsheets and all the everyone else is doing all the manual labor when in fact Ryan has has his his hands in everything as well. And it's really quite amazing to observe. I mean, I personally I've never had a uh, a, a big team of anything working on my end in the film side, etc. Anyway, so I've had to teach myself how to edit, how to write, how to do whatever, all this kind of stuff. And it's the same with Ryan. Um, and uh, and and I, th- and I think I think also like actually one thing I've always was meaning to ask you, Ryan, is like when when people joined your team, um, I imagine that when you hire them originally, you don't hire them. Do you hire them on sort of multi skill? Uh, uh, on a sort of multi-skill basis or do they, do they tend to have like one that they're really good at and then by seeing the way you work and how you apply yourself to all these different things they also start w- working as multi-taskers and multi-talenters like, like you? I think it's uh, when, when hiring people I do tend to go for people who are kind of straight out of university because they're, you know, they're not kind of decided on a thing or you know not set on a single thing and it is quite good in that sense that people are you know still kind of open to different areas and you know excited to explore different areas um so i do find that works that works very well for the sort of team that we are you know obviously if you you know you you have a very specific role and you're doing that role you know five days a week or however long it's um because I, I, I did hear about somebody who who's made all the churches for a massive game. So they spent a year making churches, which, you know, in, very in specific. Way, yeah, it's very specific. <laughs> you know, your architectural knowledge of t- churches is going to be fantastic. But yeah, at the same time, it's like, you know, maybe it's nine months in, you might be thinking, yeah, <laughs> I, I've got the gist of this now. And so, they can yeah. no longer they can no longer make a fence. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm... <laughs> yeah, they've got what modern buildings look like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. The, the 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 advantage of having people who are still figuring things out is that you can can help them, and they can do many things, and and they can explore with the help of others what they really really want to do, and maybe they'll be skilled at many things. Right? Yeah, multi talented yeah. people. Absolutely. Everybody does end up kind of finding, you know, finding a groove and then running down that. And, you know, we do ultimately aim for like people to have that, that T shape. If you read the, the valve handbook from, I don't know, 15 years ago, um, you know, what is, is, that, is, is that the handbook of working on something for a long time and not releasing it? <laughs> Bird. awesome yeah but that's that's great that's great so how many people are working uh at your company right now so there's seven people at wolf and wood right now right now right now right now yeah that does it obviously does vary they're 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 all just slamming doors right now at this (laughs) yeah yeah it's like uh takeshi's castle where there's just that whole setup (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> excellent so thank you thank you for sharing ryan um and so let, let's get into cs c smash sorry c smash vrs uh and my first question i think it's you know probably you've, you've answered this many many times i'm i'm sure but why cosmic smash it's funny no why one has asked guys... no one has no one has asked us that question 
Really? Before, yeah, no, I mean, everyone just assumes, yeah, of course, like it's the obvious uh, Sega brand that, oh, wait, no, you're right. <laughs> um, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, per, I personally fell in love with it back in mm-hmm. 2001. And uh, when I first saw just one screenshot of it in, in an issue of Famitsu DC, which was Famitsu's uh, or Japan's, you know, leading video game magazines. Uh, Dreamcast, uh, dedicated Dreamcast magazine. And I'd written an article for that particular issue, which is why I had it, because I only ever read things that have my own writing in them. <laughs> no, but it had been said. No, no it had been said. It's, it's, because you said it, it's recorded, and it's not true. <laughs> no, but it, I had interviewed Yoshitaka Amano, the wonderful artist behind the Final Fantasy games, um, in New York, and, and for Famitsu, why specifically for the Dreamcast edition? Since he never worked on a Dreamcast game, I don't know. But it ended up in that, and um, and then in the a, a couple of pages later, there was this one screenshot of this beautiful minimalist looking corridor, white with this little guy holding or, or whatever they are holding a racket, and and it said Naomi in the article. Is one of the few sort of words that I could discern that wasn't written in in in, in Japanese and. I was like, wow, this is coming to the arcade, so it must come to the Dreamcast as well. I'm so excited. And then, of course, like three months later, Sega discontinues the Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, and then it took a while longer for the for the Dreamcast release, which was like October, November. And that and that case was just beautiful, that beautiful mm-hmm. minimalist design. I have it in the office here. I could bring it out. Um, but... Um, uh, where is it? Uh, anyway, um, and uh, and it was such an iconic piece of design, and I bought it, and I played it, and I loved it so much. And so, so ever since then, I, I I really dreamt about doing it in VR. It sounds silly because no one's making VR games in two thousand one, but that's not true because I've always seen Sega as a VR company. So, because ever since I stepped into an Outrun cabinet back in nineteen eighty six, and I was eight years old. Like it, it was an immersive experience. It, it was essentially, essentially, was essentially sitting inside a VR headset. You know, it was fully, yeah. you know, fully articulated, and you know, the, the you know the image was de facto wrapping around you and the sound. Mm-hmm. And and of course, Sega also was the first VR arcade company. Uh, Sega had the was going to release the first commercial uh, VR headset back in 1993 with the Sega VR, which they had shown off at CES. Uh, for two hundred dollars, it was going to cost, and then Sega of America probably saw, saw some kid vomit, and they decided against it because they would get sued. Um, <laughs> that's the long answer to it. So that's why Cosmic yeah. Smash, because yeah. it always felt like a, a world that I wanted to step mm-hmm. inside of. And when I told Ryan about it, it was sort of like year, a year, I guess, into developing the last worker. Ryan said, like, yeah, well, let me know if it becomes a thing or whatever, then we can talk about it. And then it became a thing, and then <laughs> I gave him no choice. <laughs> yeah, but but it's a legitimate question, right? Because it's not really uh, that mainstream. And as you said, it, it was released in Japan for the arcades and for the Dreamcast, but never left Japan. So if you're not really a, like a hardcore... Actually, if, actually, actually? if I might give you a little fact here, um, mm-hmm. this, this arcade cabinet here is the European arcade cabinet. Oh. Uh, yeah, the Japanese one was shorter. It was more like, uh, like the Astro City in size. Uh-huh. And this was, so they did make a few for Europe. Um, uh, I think this may be the only surviving one of mm-hmm. that era. But yeah, so in the arcades it was released in Europe. But okay. there was one here at the Trocadero at the at Sega World, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, but it was a single player only game, 
um, which which for a sports game is kind of counterintuitive, especially in the arcades. Uh, yeah. Would have been fun. So so yeah, it, it took it would take another twenty three years for it to not only come to VR but also become a multiplayer title. Yeah, yeah, and I, I do believe when you were last on the show, we we talked a little bit about VR as well, uh, and what you said now, you I think you said then about Sega being like the. Uh, the the first the pioneers of the the whole VR experience um, was the plan always to make a VR version of this game, or did that come about because you know you were working with Ryan and no I was no working with no I, I always it was always VR yeah um, even the la I mean the last worker was originally conceived as a VR game and it was later on when we when we started um, uh, talking to publishers and uh, a lot of them said like, well, you also need to make a flat version to make it worthwhile and blah, blah, blah. So, so it's like, yeah, I mean, I've, to me, it was always a VR game. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Excellent. Was it hard to get Sega to give you the go ahead? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, half of the people or more at Sega don't even know what Cosmic Smash is anymore because you know the sort of you know I mean it's it's an, it is also for for on the corporate level the obscure game, and I imagine that some people within Sega uh, probably thought like it's really not worth us spending any time on something like this when we can be making in the next Sonic or whatever um, mm -hmm. movie or uh, T-shirt or whatever uh, is happening on that level, and I and I get it. Because I'm wearing this Sonic T-shirt, really nice um, T-shirt, by the way. But this one yeah. is actually 30 years old. It's like it's from my childhood, um, and it's uh, it's still holding up, which is crazy. But it still fits. That's well, it fits again. Actually, I, I, <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, um, but uh, but yes, and uh, so so yeah, it, it was hard. It took two years, I think, to convince them mm -hmm. essentially. Uh, so it was a bit of a process. Uh, but uh, but I think uh, I think I, I have a feeling I, I can't speak for Sega, but so far all, all of the echoes we've been getting from them has been nothing but uh, but positivity and, and joy. I mean, people are are happy that that it's turned into what it is now. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, quite excellent. Satisfying to see photos of um, like people at in, in Sega HQ actually playing the game, and you know they just yeah they felt the need to to show us that they were playing it. <laughs> Not sure why, but it was just really nice to see, you know, kind of in the depths of development and, you know, questioning certain choices you've made in design and so on. And then seeing that, you know, the actual, not just a kind of written feedback, but, you know, somebody just playing it and laughing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, right. We're, we're actually, uh, yeah, we're on track here. That's all right. What, what what I love, I mean, I'm 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 definitely the biggest Sega nerd on the whole sort of creative team or team in general on, on this game, I would say. But uh, but but you know, Ryan had a Dreamcast. It is it is gathering dust somewhere. I think, isn't it? Ryan? <laughs> I think. I it, some... Yeah, I'm not sure where it's gone. To be honest, it's a tragic story. But somewhere, um, <laughs> yeah. Please please, please edit that out. <laughs> Solving Mega Drive for a few pounds at some point as well, which I'm kind of very, very sad. Very <laughs> yeah. sad. I didn't know. Well, <laughs> well, Ryan is oh take God. Ryan is take like technically a traitor, but uh, <laughs> but 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 I think he's earned his way back into the Sega family. He redeemed family. himself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 I think so. I think so. <laughs> no, but so, I'm but I'm so I'm just really really 
proud that it feels like like oh, we had this amazing review like one of the first reviews that was posted for the game i think was creative block wrote that one and they said it's the best sega game not made by sega and mm-hmm. i was like that is a freaking cool you know review that was an amazing high quote. praise high yeah. Praise. yeah that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so and so by the way ryan uh, were you familiar with cosmic smash at all before york told you about it no <laughs> No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, not at all. <laughs> no, I missed that one. Um, I did have like I well, I didn't realize, but I've learned obviously since in the process that um, we were based on Virtua Tennis's technology, mm-hmm. and that were um, a staple uh, of the Dreamcast in the student flat, where <laughs> we would just, especially the mini games on Virtua Tennis as well. You know, it is what's really exciting is that, um, I mean, this is a very Japanese rooted game as yeah. a Sega, as a company. Um, and uh, and we are going to Japan next week, Ryan and I, yeah. which I'm very excited about. Um, we're going to Kyoto on on uh, on Monday, and um, and there's, there's a there's a show there, there's a games festival called Bit Summit, and um, mm-hmm. and we'll be showing off. Uh, C Smash VRS uh, on the show floor. There, we'll also launch a new level uh, in the mm-hmm. game, which will be playable only at Bit Summit at first. And this one is going to feature a track by Uncle. So I don't know if you know the band Uncle, but they have just remixed um, uh, one of Kenny She's tracks, and uh, and it's an incredible track. Mm-hmm. And this was an incredible new level in there. So that's just the beginning of some of the new musical and other content. That will be coming to C Smash VRS in okay. the future. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. Excellent. About Let's talk about that in a little bit. Another question: Why not go with Cosmic Smash for the title? Why did you decide to go with C Smash VRS? Any any particular reason behind that? Just. Uh, well, there's there's always like uh, I mean brands, you know, when they sort of sit unattended for. A couple of decades mm-hmm. may may uh, sort of get complications in certain territories and stuff, and so um, we, in order to avoid that, we uh, we went for C Smash VRS with the title, and um, you know, I mean, it's not like Cosmic Smash is uh, is a well established sort of brand uh, in that way. Um, uh, us as creators, we cared about the the vision behind it more than sort of licensing a brand and turning it yeah. into something lesser than it used to be, um, uh, which is what happens a lot. Um, mm. But uh, there so there so, were yeah, definitely so, so. talk about keeping it in some territories, but it felt like you know, clean break. We you yeah. know we have something new, we have something different, we have something that yeah, it, it takes its kind of heritage from there, but it's. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not a, you know, it's, it, and, and it's the, even the, more futuristic, right? C smash, like more, I don't know, more radical, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, am I, exactly. am I an old man? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yes, but yeah, I mean, aren't we all? But we play aren't video we games, <laughs> so we're we're man children, and that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. C smash VRS. It is. Okay, people who've been playing and, as you said, giving it high praise, which is amazing, uh, have been experiencing um, a single player like challenges. Like there's the, the orbits, right? The upgrades, the power ups. Um, why did you decide to go this 
route of having like the this structure of like stages and bosses and whatnot what was behind that decision uh, of creating this content for single player mode because you could have just gone with like multiplayer like a multiplayer experience right yeah i mean the 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 kind of solo journey modes um you know the original had that cosmic bus and the the whole kind of idea of traveling um but we wanted to you know we had a uh, different ideas about it being this kind of dystopian game and there were there are all sorts of kind of things floating around but we decided very early on that we wanted this utopian thing this this kind of magical place that you could go to you know we we just done a few years of dystopia fun dystopia <laughs> don't get me wrong but you know it's uh it felt like we needed a, a a tone for this that you know welcomed you in uh, it's kind of part of the overall idea of the game um and then yeah the journey kind of came stemmed from that kind of idea of a cosmic bus but you know for there to be some sort of um threat at the end of the line for there to be something that actually you know you, you're working towards and that's where the you know the black hole the kind of distant initially but you know impending threat came into it and so yeah we, we built in the black hole and then the the journey idea this idea of um you know being able to to choose a route being able to optimize your route and being able to you know kind of take your own direction choose your own power-ups as you're going you know just just to add that kind of variation in each playthrough and Things are randomized, levels are randomized. And so each time you go through it, a journey might take you 20, 25 minutes, but it's about, you know, that next journey and that next journey after that and, you know, really optimizing, improving the times. And then ultimately we're going to be aiming for people to be, you know, posting the scores and working towards a, a kind of higher score. But initially it's going to be, you know, people, you know, even trying to get through that journey in the first mm -hmm. place and then improving times and then you know looking at the nuances of um which levels to go for or which power-ups are best for them and kind of you know refining the process and then you know being able to get through it faster and harder and improve those scores as you do that i mean mm -hmm. in a way like if you take a look at the roots and we were talking about Outrun earlier, I mean, what was beautiful about Outrun is that you were traveling somewhere as opposed to, you know, escaping into a place that hates you. It was a very welcome, it's a very welcoming world. Um, so as you travel and you choose your own route, you know, there's all these multiple paths that you can take on it. And so, so Sega, to my knowledge, is the first company that did that. And of course, it was also a very music-driven game, Outrun. I mean, you, you know, you cannot think of Outrun without hearing at least one of the tunes in your head. Um, and so that was very important to us to sort of give that, that people that the idea of traveling. And of course, if you have something like the cosmic bus or, or shuttle or whatever you call it, you know, the idea of travel is inherent in that, you know, we, we want to take people places and, uh, and since it's called cosmic, you know, we need to see the stars, you know? And so, so, so all of this, so we built on it. We want, of course, we wanted to expand on, on the original game's vision and, uh, and build on that and, and riff on that. And, and, and what, and we may very well be the first sort of, you know, roguelite sort of uh, sports game, you know, because, <laughs> yeah. um, which is, which is awesome. You know, and it's, it's original. So it's, it's both, it's both 
harkening back to 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 something that Sega perhaps started with a sort of mm-hmm. multi-path sort of journey, but at the same time also riffing on 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 modern modern game design and and, and ideas that are now uh, becoming more and more uh, you know called for actually. And so yes, yeah, it's. it's it's kind of a, a more forgiving arcade experience. You know, the fact yeah. that you can, you know, learn how it works and, you know, improve and optimize how you travel through it rather than, you know, a traditional arcade experience where you are, it just wants your money, <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's basically it. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. That's an interesting point of view. Thank you for for sharing. How long, by the way, did it take you to to develop this? Because we we learned about this not that long ago, earlier this year, right? That's when you I started. think that that's basically when we started working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much what so we like heard about. Two it. three weeks, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's. I think it's fair to say, just yeah. 13 months um there were a little bit of there were a prototype before there were a little bit of thinking but obviously you don't want to commit too much before you know everything's in place mm-hmm. so yeah I, i'd say you know 13 months to launch which is what uh 10 months to the demo which the demo were a fully online uh custom physics you know the the core of the game was there in the demo yeah. so yeah it's, it's been a very quick turnaround mm-hmm. smashed it um but huh. yeah i mean it, it was yeah I, I mean we it was a couple of years ago or something like that where where cory schmitz and and dan clark also known as archetype like two graphic designers and i sat down and just like did the logo essentially and like try to find like explore the sort of uh, uh, some of the design aesthetics uh, that that we would go for. How do we modernize, modernize something that really felt modern and, uh, at the time? But you know, now you look at Cosmic Smash, and there are certain things that 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 have aged, mostly tech, mostly tech related. There are certain transparencies and other things that the Dreamcast couldn't render as well. There are certain shaders mm-hmm. that it wouldn't have been able to pull off, and blah blah blah. Um, and uh, and so that was the beginning, and then uh, and then basically that we used that in order to convince Sega to to grant us you know the right um, to do it, and then it would uh, and when that eventually happened, which would take almost two years, um, then you know it's it's been it's, it was it's been a year yeah a year essentially of development with team, and it's just amazing how. I mean, it's you set out to do this kind of thing, and most people are like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, I could pull it off." And most game development always takes twice as long as, as people set out. But there's something about C Smash the way we all approached it from the very beginning, where it was just like like the look of it in a way. It was like paired back and designed, like it was just very designed, wasn't it? Like from the beginning, we're like, "Yeah, we're going to do this. Da, 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 da. This is how we're going to do it." And there was it was like just, a very clear vision to yes, wanted clear. to 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 create, right? Yeah, and very like I don't know. It's like it feels to me. It's felt like a palate cleanser. Like you know, after uh-huh. all these years of working on these richly, these dense and textured sort of films and also games and all the stuff with like actors and stuff and you know all this noise in a way um, to go to something this clean has felt really, really, really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think for us, it's been massively like just that refining 
a single interaction. You know, rather than refining lots of different mechanics and pieces and whatnot, it's like there there is like you know you've got a bat and or a racket, but uh, you've got a racket and then there's a ball and then there's the opponent or the blocks and it's you know is like very stripped back, very simple and. You know, we've been able yeah. to. There, there's obviously a lot of layers in the kind of uh, how we, you know, how how we direct things, how we make things travel. Um, as I mentioned briefly earlier, just about the the physics, like custom, right? Yeah, a, a mm-hmm. completely custom layer to get uh, the least amount of latency as possible. So the the whole thing is, you know, obviously very complex in the back end, but. Um, because it is all just you know layers and layers that work towards the same just purity, the same goal. It's yeah, it's been really satisfying to work on, and you know when it feels right, you know you just you're with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's exciting to me as well is that it is actually remind. I think it's taught me how what making a game should feel like always like. It is um, because it is pure gameplay, and and I think we and it sort of reminded me of what makes games feel so good, what I love about them so much. It's like, and there's a reason why first person shooters are, you know, what they are and why they are so popular because people have been honing that one single mechanic for so long to a point where you know that's true. Yeah, it it feels perfect, right? Um, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't like shooting people in the face. But I also very much respect how they've honed this mechanic perfectly, and I feel that this does this. Our game does this for racket sport. Like it has really, really perfected the feel of ball to racket, you know, yeah. and, and smashing a thing with it on the other side. <laughs> um, and that that is that is game. That is video games to me. It's like you get yeah. It, when you think about it, it's. Sounds and looks something very simple and easy to pull off, right? Because it, you just do one thing throughout the whole game, basically. But when you really think about it, the th- physics involved, the whole concept, the the visuals, it's not that easy to pull off, right? It has a lot of intricacies behind it. So, um, and it's maybe when you have a lot of things to do, you can you like mask some of the imperfections. But when you're doing but always doing the same thing it has to really, really, you have to yeah, do it well, perfectly. Yeah. So, so people, otherwise people will say, oh no, this is, this is crap. This is, this is, doesn't work. Right. It's easier to, yeah, yeah, but to it's like, find it's, the imperfections maybe. Yeah. I mean, minimalism is the hardest thing to achieve, mm-hmm. like uh, 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 in many ways. It's super hard to achieve because it can look crap and empty and barren and boring. Um, and, and the thing that we so we wanted to avoid using like cheap particle effects and other things to sort of make something feel alive. So so everything in the game was down to like how do we how do we create the idea of a particle effect without using particle effects? So for instance, when the ball hits the wall, hits a wall or a panel or whatever or or brick, there's this there's this um, sort of ripple effect that happens with these embedded dots that are in all the texture in all of the surfaces. And it feels organic, but it is completely not. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it is not the way real things uh, behave, but it feels really satisfying because we, because everything we've done, we've stuck to the rule of making everything graphic design, you know, um, 
Yeah. That visual in the original pitch deck as well, where we went from that kind of ball shape and then we uh, pulled in like a visual of a Zen garden, you know, where you've got the the kind of raked ripples around a stone. And we just, you know, f- from that very early conception, the ideas, you know, of, of being kind of there, it's, it's, it's been something that, you know, we, we've we've had a clear idea of. We we built some pillars early on, um, and we we you know we we kind of had to pull back to those you know in the process. And there's always you know it's quite easy to um, to get kind of sidetracked on things. It's like oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did? But you know, ultimately, yeah. you, you do need to like stay very focused and very you know on point and mm-hmm. i think i think one of the obviously the big differences of taking something that's a third person athletic you know uh adonis game and then giving the racket <laughs> to someone you know there is a, a huge kind of step even in that so it's like how do we make this how do we make this difficult enough but easy enough at the same time you know it has to have mm-hmm. that kind of like crossover between the two, you know, you don't want to be too, uh, have too many assists or too many kind of, uh, handholding things, but yeah, you know, at the same time it needs to be accessible to people. So there is a definite, a definite balance, which, um, I mean, that, obviously I'm gonna there say, also is like the, the key to a, the perfect arcade game as well. Right. So it has to be, has to keep, you know, keep you wanting to come back, even though it's you no know, taking all of your money, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but it takes your money because you want to come back because you feel like you uh, one more time, one more try, and I, I'll, I'll be able to progress a little bit more. So uh, that's, and th- that's the key I feel for the perfect arcade experience. That's come up in reviews as well. That kind of one more round idea, mm-hmm. which you know is yeah, as as far as. What you know, what what anybody enjoys about video games, I think, but I, I certainly do. Is is that thing where you, you know, you you're about to go to bed and you're about to switch it off, but it's like, oh, just just do this little, <laughs> and then yeah, you, you're drawn in and you're late for work. But but yeah. also but the, but but the core experience also has to be so fun that you don't feel like you're losing right ever, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that is the, because to me. Uh, you know, an outrun, I might not make it, you know, if I play it on regular normal mode in the arcade machine or something, I might not make it past the first, you know, three branches, for instance, or whatever, sometimes if I mess up. Um, and I don't regret it. I was like, wow, this was beautiful. This was thrilling. Um, and as same with Sega Rally, I mean, only has, uh, you know, four tracks if you make mm-hmm. it that far. Um, but uh, but it, it, it feels great if you lose on the first one. Like, it, it's like, you, you're sort of like, yeah, I, the re- I only I, I I didn't make it to the second track because I messed up, but 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 it was perfect. Like I messed up perfectly, and the way yeah. it registered in the game was perfect. It you, you it blame is, yourself, not the game, right? That's it, and it's and it's uh, and that's and with C Smash, we're a bit more a bit more forgiving, mm-hmm. um, but but I, what I what I love about it, you keep wanting to come back to it, and 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 that feeling is is quite rare these days, I think, because a lot of games are, uh, you, you know, like sort of like Tomb Raider-esque sort of things where, you know, you have this 
goals and everyone's shooting at you and whatever. And you don't necessarily, you feel almost obliged to have to go through it in order to see the next scene. Whereas here, we don't have scenes. There's no story. There's just gameplay. Um, mm -hmm. It's really nice. Well put, well put. Okay, so just one one more question about like the gameplay itself. You have online modes as well, right? Are there any plans to encourage online multiplayer? So like tournaments, is there something that you're considering or would consider for Def the future? Definitely. So we are. Well, first of all, we're going to start on the community level. Uh, I mean, we had to get we had to get the game finished first. Well, uh, mm -hmm. we had to get the game out first. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we will we will do community meetups and we will organize uh, people that way. Um, I we also have plans for the game to become uh, an esport. Um, so, so, uh, so there are, there are, there is a larger vision. I don't want to give too much away, but, but it's, uh, but of course, you know, we, you know, being as small a collection of people as we are, you know, we, we had to be careful and not sort of overshoot because otherwise, you know, everybody loses. So, um, but, uh, but yes, I'm, I'm glad that the appetite is there for it and we will be there to quench the thirst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not sure if inspiring or ominous. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely there's there's things like in weeks rather than months that are you know mm -hmm. definitely going to be um, helpful and the, the answers to those questions. But yeah, it's it's all stuff that we're kind of taking step at a time while we uh, you know what yeah while we're working mm -hmm. on them. So yeah, there's there's definitely things on the horizon that yeah i think will make a okay. big difference and obviously as york says on the community level okay David, just one thing. I have ten, in ten minutes. I have to run just because I've got to get back to my kids. That's okay. Yeah, it, that's um, okay. That's okay. No, you can't see your kids. <laughs> <laughs> you can if you can if <laughs> yeah. you get if you through, pick one. <laughs> if you get through our very quick Sega Lodge challenge of the week. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for, and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> Last time you were here, Jorg, we had a, a, a musical challenge, okay? Uh, I played clips of Dreamcast games, and you had to guess the game they were from. This time we're going to do a little uh, things a little bit differently, okay? So we're going to have like a, a, a generic Sega quiz, okay? And you can work together okay. in order to allow York to see his kids. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> Don't oh, let me down. Don't I like how stakes. This is good. <laughs> okay, so 10 rounds. And oh, we're going to be quick. We're going to be quick. So uh, you can pick between... The goal is 10, 10 points, okay? You can pick between easy and hard questions. Easy questions get you one point. Hard questions, two points. 
So it's up to you. Round one, easy or hard? Hard. Is that easy? Hard. Yeah, oh, you're going no, let's start hard. Let's start hard. Hard, hard, hard. Let's Good. go hard. I like no, it. I've got, I have no time. Come on. I like it. Let's go hard. What's the name of the tactical RPG released for the 3DS in 2012 in Japan and 2013 in the West, which features characters from Bandai Namco, Capcom, and Sega games? Oh, my God. Yes. He knows it. God, I have it. A 3DS tactical RPG with Bandai Namco, Capcom, and Sega games. It's, I think it's two words or three, but it, it has something like Valkyrian Chronicles or something like that. But I can't think of the bloody title now. So challenge lost, I think. Any idea, Ryan? Symphony of something. <laughs> symphony of something. No, was it, no, it wasn't Symphony. What was it? I'll I'll give you a hint. Yes, it's Project Something. Project. Oh yeah, pro- yeah. That's <laughs> all that you'll get from me. Project. Yeah, I f- I forgot. I have it. I have the game. And that's all. So, no. No, I've no got idea. no clue. Project Cross Zone. Yes. Like. For a crossover project cross zone, so mm-hmm. no points here. No points. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> round two. Round two is a, a musical round, so I have a short clip. Brilliant for you guys to hear and tell me which game this is from. Let's take a listen. It's a Sega game. Uh, so it's Sega a game. that is a it, that is an arc, it's an arcade game. Is it? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it? It's it's a, it's a Yu Suzuki game, isn't it? It could be. Could be. Oh, you is, 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 is it? Is it Radmobile? No. It's not. But uh, I mean. Is that your answer? Uh, this is a very well-known game. Probably a little bit more than the one that you just mentioned. <laughs> it's not Rapidville. After. after um, oh, God, tell me. Space Harry. I don't know. Which Go one on. is it? Yes! Go Space Harry. It was Space Harry. It was Space Harry. See, I knew good it was you, Suzuki, in arcade. Thank you very much. Okay, good, good, good. Good job. Good. Come on, Ryan, help my children here. (laughs) I'm alone in this. Round three, easy or hard? But there was three points, right? There was two points. So easy or hard? I think we should go easy. Easy, easy, okay. Easy, okay. Interestingly enough, upon starting a game of Space Harrier, what words are you greeted with? God, dude, we just released a game. We're tired, okay? You play Space Harrier, you start the game, and you hear certain words. I know, I know. What's the first? Just give me the first letter. W. I'm giving too many hints. <laughs> Where? 
Where are you? <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> Work it, baby. <laughs> Who are you? Hang on. Hold on. What the I'm hell are there. you doing here? <laughs> Welcome uh, to Space Harrier. I'm watching the video of it. <laughs> <laughs> it says Space wow. Harrier. Most, press start button. Most, Sega. Uh, it's, it's an audio thing. Stage Welcome one to, boot. Welcome something. Most <laughs> honest contestant ever. So <laughs> welcome, welcome. Yeah. I'm not doing very well at cheating. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is yeah. welcome to the fantasy zone. There Get you ready. Go. Get there ready. You go. Yeah, but yes. my welcome was enough and I did it beautifully. <laughs> so we, give me one point. One point. Come on. My kids are waiting. I have to leave here in seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Round four. Very quickly. Another song. Tell me the game. Shenmue. Oh. Is it? No. He was like, Shenmue. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just asking, is it? Yes, it is Shenmue. Go for it. It is. Yes, of course it's Shenmue. When that game came out, I played it for 16 hours straight one day. Uh, oh. But I can't remember that. It's 20 odd years ago. But it is Shenmue. It is. <laughs> well done. Well done. Question five. Is your heart? Uh, let's go uh, hard because I mean, I, hard. I have six minutes left and I want to make those points. Let's go. In Shenmue 2, <laughs> what morning task does Ryo have to perform every day at Manmo Temple? There's a, a part in the game you go to, to a temple and each morning Ryo has to do something. The main character has to do something. Can you do a multiple choice question for us, please? Yes. Option A, feed the cat. Option B, air out the books. Option C, go to the garden and water the flowers. B. B, which is? <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> air, 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 air out the books. Air out the books. Air out the books. Does that sound like a job? Do you agree? I feel Ryan? like it's gonna be it's gonna be the cat or the gardening, surely. What's airing out books? Who wears out books? <laughs> Except I just for love Ryo. saying that. <laughs> I Hazuki think I feel like, please. I, I feel Hazuki like it's going to be a cat. Hmm. I don't know. So you have to oh, figure I it out. A, B, or C. Kids on the line. So because because he said it first. Yes. It's B. It's error of the books. Yes. Yes. It is. I, I it thought is. so. Yes. The cat is in Shenmue 1. You have the cat. You can you can feed the cat. You don't have to. You can. But uh, this is a required task in Shenmue 2 at some point. You have to air out the books. Okay. So, so how many points yes. do we have now? I'm doing well. Uh, six. We're doing well, sorry. Six, six. points. Good, 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 yeah, good. yeah, man, I'm not taking any credit. I couldn't even <laughs> Google the answer quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> Song number three. Take a listen. 
What era? Could you give us a clue? Well, this that's uh, 16-bit. Are we, are we, like, Echo? It's no, a Dreamcast no, no. game. Is oh, it? Right. God. Sounded. Can you play it again? Should, should I play it again? Yeah. Um, Sonic Adventure. <laughs> Ryan, do you um, I don't, um, yeah, I've got no idea. <laughs> I'll go on, I'll concur. Final answer, Sonic Adventure. So first of all, no. It's Cosmic Smash. Is it? My God, the the song the song is called the Cosmic Smash. It's the main song. It's not Cosmic the main Smash. song. This song is, is not the main song. Yeah, like I think it's the credits theme or something. And, <laughs> uh, your your score is there is a reason a why we there's a reason why we have an original soundtrack in our game. <laughs> it's better. Than <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> no disrespect, but it's much. We're super fans of the original game. We promise. Yes. Yeah. So, that's p- easy or pure hard. Casio. Hard. You've got a chance seeing your kids. Okay. Okay. Hard. Hard it is. Um, okay. Let's go with this one. In the promotional material for which game did Sega claim that it says RPG has changed? Uh, Skies of Arcadia. Why? Shenmue. Why? Let's say all the games we know. So Sega, Sega claimed that RPG has changed. That's oh, like a big know. claim, right? That's like a major statement here. Shenmue. PGR. Project Gotham Racing? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so your answer is? Shenmue. Yes, it is. Two points. <laughs> It is. It is yeah, Shenmue. There weren't okay. many RPGs in forklift trucks, so <laughs> so RPG has indeed changed. Yeah. Okay. So, where, where, how are the points? Where are we at? Where are we two at? Two points left. Okay. Two points left. Okay. Let's do a Le- hard one. Come on. Le- last, hard- last song. Yeah, last yeah. song for two points. Last song for two Confident points. Focus. Focus, Ryan and York. Sonic, that, some sort of Sonic game, right? That does sound more like my era. Some sort of Sonic game. <laughs> would you like? To be, would you care to be more specific <laughs> on the Sega thing? <laughs> on the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that blue hedgehog. Yeah, it's, it's some fast guy. <laughs> Look at your shirt. Mm. 
Sonic 2, Sonic 2, Sonic 2, Sonic 2. Yes! Yes! Oh. It's Sonic 2, Chemical Plant Zone. Ryan was like, what? What, what, <laughs> yeah, what about well, my shirt? I've got a pocket. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your pocket. And that means... You oh, it's a, some Darren Brown five, stuff. Yeah. T- ten <laughs> points. Uh, yeah. Pure ten magician. Points. Well done. Well done. Good job. Good job. So, <laughs> Jorg, you get to see your kids. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Ryan, uh, <laughs> Ryan, your cheating sucked. <laughs> I couldn't even. I was Google on it. my own here. I, I would oh, try. God. <laughs> I I will let you go in in a few seconds. I I, I have one uh, two more questions just. Uh so regarding the music, you we just mentioned that the music in the original was interesting. Um tell me the reasoning behind the the music and the, your choice of musicians and soundtrack style. Why did you go with that? Well, I I I love Kenny Shi. I think he's a he's a he's a great electronic musician, and he made a he made a an incredible song over twenty years ago. And I met him in New York at the time when I was a game journalist. But he it wasn't a very game. It was uh, a song called Extra, which is I think the greatest music animated music video of all time. And um, so check it out or put it in the sort of show notes. Uh, that someone has made an HD version of it. Like they use some AI technology to sort of like. Um, you know, sharpened it up because it's uh, it's, so, it's so old. So, Extra by Kenishi was incredible. It was directed by uh, Koji Morimoto, who is a great animator who had trained under Otomo, the Akira director, and then also made uh, uh, directed one of the three films in Memories, which was Katsuhiro Otomo's amazing anthology. Anyway, I'm nerding out here, but I love Kenishi, and he's amazing. And um, and he also, of course, also worked on Res uh, and Res Infinite, um, where he contributed one of the one of the beautiful tracks for that game. And and since uh, C Smash is a reimagining of a game from the same era as Res, uh, I mean, technically, Cosmic Smash came out first because the arcade game came out a good nine months before Res then uh, launched on Dreamcast. Um, I I felt it was be it would be amazing to work with Ken on something more substantial and to have more tracks done, and so I contacted him and he said yes, which was incredible, and and then and then also in the meantime fell in love with a band called Soccer ninety six and another band called The Comet Is Coming, which are actually both founded and co founded by the same guy, one of the main one of the same guys. I guess uh, Danalog is his name, and uh, and approached him, and he also said yes. And then suddenly we had two incredible top musicians uh, making music for the game. So, but um, yeah, I, I I was always making sure that uh, you know that that Ryan and team love like these musicians because uh, you wouldn't want to be working, spending hours and months, you know, working on you know, listening to some that, 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 that whatever that track was we listened to earlier. <laughs> have a blast have a blast <laughs> okay i feel Fair bad enough. now Fair we're bad mouthing this track <laughs> this is terrible oh god yeah so um yeah. my final question my final question about the game and then we can let your go and have the last question ever is for for ryan but final question about the game uh, are there, and I know there are, but are there nods to the original 
like Easter eggs that people can expect to find playing C Smash or to the original or to the Dreamcast or something like that that you guys included. So yes, it, yeah, I mean it's, it's hardly hidden. You know the the cosmonauts <laughs> that you see dotted around everywhere. You know the 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 kind of building work that's going on. Um, you know it's it's all a nod to that kind of credit sequence where you know they're walking around with cosmic wheelbarrows. <laughs> which seems completely <laughs> random when you look back at it. But, but also there may be some things flying past the windows occasionally that may have a little bit of a nod to a thing or, or two. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like some sort of thing you hold in your hand. Yes. So for people who haven't played the game and are eager to find some uh, Easter eggs or something, it's a, a good incentive as well. Yeah, okay. we're definitely expanding on that. Uh, yeah, on that credit sequence. You know, we're, we're building <laughs> a whole space station around, um, and the yeah, the cosmonauts are just having fun. You know, they're inviting you in to do that, and that's what Cosmic Smash is all about. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it, I think it's a testament to how incredible and actually very rich the original game was. There were so many, there was so much lore actually built in the original game that we could build on. Uh, that that some people might have not even noticed uh, uh, or th- maybe that because they didn't get all the way to the title sequence and it takes a, a sort of form of sort of madness uh, perhaps <laughs> and a mad confidence to, 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 to keep so much world building till the end but they did um, but it's uh, I mean it even had a I mean for for those who know the original game if, if you actually ace the uh, each level if you finish it on a trick smash as it was called in the original game we have called power smash in our game because it's mm-hmm. a nod to the fact that power smash which was later on called virtual tennis in the western market was uh, the game which um, um, actually uh, you know it shared some of the ball physics with and stuff but anyway mm-hmm. uh, if you aced all of the levels at the end you would encounter a human boss on the opposite side and so actually Technically, if you ace the original game, it was a teaser for C Smash VR. <laughs> yeah. Oh my just god! Didn't know it. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> when they oh, were yeah. making that keyboard music. That's the one. Anyway, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, David, it, it, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure being on your show. I'm sorry I have to run Jorg, to my kids. Thank you so much for joining us. I bought the right yes, to see yes. my children. Thank you very much, Jorg. Nice seeing you again. You're thank welcome you. on the show anytime. <laughs> Ryan, one more question. Last question. Uh, and I, I didn't want to ask Jorg because he already answered it last time. There was a a thing in the US back in the Genesis Mega Drive days. They said there were the, the Genesis had blast processing. <laughs> it, it was supposed to be something that made the, the Genesis more uh, powerful and faster than the, the competition. So my question for all of my guests is, if you could add blast processing, which is obviously a real thing, uh, <laughs> if, you could, if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? For <laughs> <laughs> Right. The whole world is quite a, quite a subject. Um, and the, the only thing I can think is quite depressing. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I feel I feel quite bad about putting it at the end of a you know what's be, what's been quite a jolly fun time. Um, yeah, trying to answer questions, but yeah, no, I, th- I think you know cures for cancer, or you know, the, 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 there are certain things that have affected, I'd say, most people. Certainly, one in two. So, yeah, let's let's go with something like that. Cause, uh, yeah, everything everything else is going to seem frivolous in comparison. That's true. It it, it could benefit from blast processing for sure. <laughs> yeah, which, which is obviously a, a real thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. Very I mean, powerful thing. Not thing a is, not a marketing made up thing. No, no. Yogg's <laughs> Boris Johnson thing came true. So, yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> if if there's a cure for cancer in the next, I don't know, let's say year, I'm I'm taking the credit. Okay, okay. Next time you're here, we'll see if it worked. Yeah, (laughs) Ryan thank you very much for joining us for for this show as well Uh, all the best for you for York for the team Uh, really excited to see what what you can come up with next not just in terms of C-Smash but you know future projects and you're more than welcome to come back in the future to talk about them brilliant cheers yeah I mean there's a lot for C-Smash in the future still um, and yeah, there's, yeah, obviously, like any game developer, we've always got, you know, a million ideas on the go and a load of different things that we want to do and start. So, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Excellent. And really excited for that as well. So, thank you, Ryan. Nice one. Take it easy. Thanks to both Jorg and Ryan for their time and for being such lovely guests. Full disclosure, a lot of editing was done to remove the sound of banging doors since Ryan was recording the interview on a stairwell. That meant a lot of fun office-related banter was removed too, which was a shame. And why did the cleaning lady decide that she should show up, vacuum in hand, during our recording session? We will never know. Anyway, check out C-Smash VRS, which is out now for PSVR 2. Also, a special thanks to our good friend James Skill Jim Brown of the Shenmue Dojo, who contributed a lot of questions and information to help me prepare for this interview. That guy's a legend, but you already knew that. He's practically here every week. All jokes aside, thanks for the assist, dude. And on that note, it's closing time yet again. I hope you've enjoyed the show, and if that's the case, be sure to return next time for more Sega-related conversation. Feel free to leave the Sega Lounge a positive review on your podcast app if you're so inclined. That would be much appreciated. Have a great week, take care, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? 
drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Find us at The Sega Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions podcast.